Hey, 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 Dolphins fans, NFL fans, fans of other teams, any team, welcome to the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Moss, and coming to you with the next edition of the offseason so far and what's kind of went on, and there's been a lot of stuff go on uh, since my last podcast, and there's plenty of things from my last podcast that didn't age very well, but uh, such is the way of the NFL off-season free agency and even draft uh, whenever we inevitably get there because there's just it's, it's very difficult to um, predict certain things uh, other things not so much and I, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that have gone on so far that that I really thought uh, were going to happen in a way maybe not necessarily the players that I uh, specifically thought could end up on this team but the way that they've went about this free agency has been Honestly, uh, in, in a lot of ways, the exact way that I thought it would go. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints and a lot of people saying that they haven't done anything, they haven't got these big players, but in a way, they've done exactly what they need to do to set themselves up so after the draft is complete, uh, you'll have a complete team and a team that is strong in uh, just about every area throughout both, you know, on both sides of the ball. Uh, and I, I feel like that's more important than going out for a big giant contract for one player because, I mean, even the team had showed a lot of great things last year, they're just not quite there yet uh, to be the team that goes out and spends big for that big-name player. That would either be next year or the year after, in my opinion, where um, instead of going out and spending the big dollars on the Indomitian Sues or the, the Mike Wallaces like this team has done in the past, uh, they're able to spread out the money and really get over, I mean, you could say quantity over quality, but in a way you're getting quality because you're upgrading positions where, you know, whenever you're bringing these players in, even, even though they may not be top tier players at that position, they still are players that have had success and have the potential to be, um, you know, top performing guys in, at their position. Uh, but we'll start off with, uh, with Isaiah Wilson, of course, which, you know, everybody's kind of seen the, the, I wouldn't even say the rise and fall. It's mostly just been a fall. Uh, it, it, it was basically a fall to where he managed to catch himself on a ledge for a brief second when Miami signed him, uh, but that ledge quickly broke, and he has plummeted into the point where most likely he won't be playing in the NFL. Um, I, I Honestly, I would be surprised unless he's able to turn something around drastically uh, if he'll ever play another snap in the NFL or get, even get another chance from a team. Uh, he's a player that uh, was, was a first-round pick, was very... Uh, you know, was very high, highly regarded in, in many ways and has done nothing but cause problems for himself. And he's shown that he just really doesn't, he doesn't have the maturity to handle uh, the type of position that he was put in. And it's, it's a shame, you know, you never want to see somebody um, fall off into, into legal trouble and just seeming like they don't, they don't really care in the moment um, for the opportunity that they've been given because, you know, it's one of those things that he'll look back and, and really, I would think, you know, regret a lot of the decisions that he's made and the way that he's, you know, kind of uh, carried himself. Um, but, but I mean, I wish him all the best. I hope that, I hope that he's able to turn his life around. I hope that he's able to um, reflect on what's happened and, and hopefully be able to get himself back to a position of, of uh, uh, maybe not necessarily playing in the NFL, but finding finding happiness in his own way and and in growing as a person. Uh, but, but yeah, not too long after he was, he was late to multiple meetings that had been set up, uh, to a, a workout for the team that he himself had set up from, from what I understand. 
um, and just, you know, not showing up or being late to these things consistently, just, you know, days after being signed by the team um, showed that, that he he really uh, did not want to put forth the effort into uh, making this team. But financially, it's not going to hurt the Dolphins at all, and, and swapping seven-round picks with a team to at least give it a shot, um, you know, you can't really... You can't really blame him for at least trying. And from from what I just read today, um, apparently Miami had heard about the legal issue going on with him beforehand. Uh, but I mean, if if you're able to come in even with that legal issue, if you're able to come in and say that you've made a mistake, you're able to show up on time for things, show that you want to work hard and that you want to turn it around. Uh, I, I feel like that was the that was the thinking behind it. So nothing wrong with that. I mean, if it's if it's not really going to cost you much to at least take a shot on something. Um, I'd say go for it. So I don't regret it. I, I don't imagine that they regret it either. And uh, those are the kind of chances that you know you have to make whenever you've got um, huge gains to possibly be had, and you can give the least amount of possible. And that's that's really what this league is all about. Uh, but moving on from him, we'll go ahead and get into uh, all of these players that that Miami has brought in and. And you know how they're how it's going to impact the team, how it's going to impact the draft. We it's going to be similar to how we talked about this uh, in my last episode, to where we'll go through the players that they've signed, um, how these players might fit in with the scheme and with the team at their positions, and then you know how how this might affect what kind of positions and players uh, the Dolphins may be targeting come draft time uh, as a result of this. Uh, but what better place to start than the top? And that is the signing of Will Fuller, in my opinion. I think this is probably the biggest signing that Miami has had all offseason. Um, it, it may not necessarily be the most impactful, although it really could, and I expect I expect it to. Um, uh, but as far as where this team is right now and the, the glaring need of receiver uh, going into this offseason, uh, I, I, th- I was so... Uh, I guess excited. Yeah, I was excited for it. I was going to say shocked, but I wasn't. I wasn't shocked. I was shocked that it wasn't Curtis Samuel. Because as I, as I talked about last time, I thought you know if they don't get one of these big name receivers, and I didn't want them to. Um, I thought if they were going to, it would be Juju, and he ended up going back to Pittsburgh on a you know not extremely high dollar deal. So that that just kind of goes to show that. I don't believe Miami was really targeting Juju. Maybe he thought that if he went back there for a year to a team he already knows, that could have come into play. Uh, but I think whenever you look at Will Fuller and, and um, just even watching his uh, his press conference after he was signed by the Dolphins and the way the way that he talks about playing, the way that he talks about being a teammate, um, and, and just how he conducts himself, I think he was the the ultimately you know the, the ultimately he was the perfect fit for this team. Um, I think he's going to be a go-to target for Tua in a way, and he talked about that as not only having uh, the deep ball in his arsenal, but he's able to, you know, cut across the middle. He's able to make things happen as a result of his down threat, uh, his down threat potential. Um, so, you're cutting over the middle, creating space—that's exactly the kind of player that that Tua is going to target. It's the kind of player that he's used to targeting. And um, I think it's I think he's going to be a great number one potential kind of receiver for this team. And as much as I do like Devontae Parker, I have to say that I, I do expect Will Fuller to be the number one for this team, um, unless they're able to draft uh, a receiver early, and uh, that that wide receiver ends up being you know a super stud. It comes in and just lights lights the team on fire. 
and, and kind of takes over that number one role. Um, I expect Will Fuller to be the go-to guy. I expect him to open things up for Devontae Parker and help him find that space because uh, he hasn't really had anybody across from him who's been able to do so. Because uh, Preston Williams, he's able to, to do some good things, but he's not uh, as speedy of a receiver as Will Fuller. And he plays somewhat similar to Devontae Parker. So it's, it's really difficult to help somebody, you know, uh, create space and, and open up space for them whenever you're a similar kind of player and they're the, the contested catch, big-bodied kind of guys. Um, so having, having kind of both sides of that on the team now uh, with, with Will Fuller is going to, in my opinion, make it uh, really kind of round off the receiving core right now. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here. Uh, with with all the receivers that they do have at the moment, um, but I, I don't see that deterring them from from possibly uh, still addressing it come draft time. I probably am going to stay on the same boat as far as the draft is concerned, to where I think they're going to trade back. I mean, I mean it's a popular uh, one. I've seen a lot of different mocks with a lot of different things on them, but it's still fairly popular to say that a lot of people see the Miami Dolphins trading back uh, to six or eight. Or, or, you know, not too far back. They're not going to want to go to the end of the first round. But if they can go a few back and get somebody to jump up for, for Justin Fields or for one of these other guys, um, then they'll still be able to probably target Jalen Waddle if he's still going to be there. I don't know necessarily if it gets uh, if Jalen Waddle is off the board and they take the gamble and they lose, um, then I'm not necessarily sold on the fact that they would target one of those other wide receivers. They may go ahead and just take the extra picks and take um, Penesuel at that point, or or maybe another person if they, if they have somebody else they're targeting, and kind of wait for that 18 spot to take Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be um, the fallback guy in a way, to where he, you know if you can't get one of those top three guys, he is a extremely good wide receiver. So uh, I, I expect him to be kind of the fallout plan for that. Um, but my, my preference would be for them to trade back, take the receiver, take Najee Harris at 18, uh, I'm not going to sway from that at all, and we'll get into that with the running back talk here next. But um, that, that's kind of still what I'm going to hold uh, hold tight on for you know. Um, so comp- compared to last week, my overall draft is mostly going to be the same, um, at least in the first round for sure. But what's going to be a big topic really with the wide receivers is what exactly is going to happen uh, to to all the ones they have on the roster right now, frankly, because they've got 12 to 13, if you want to count uh, count Malcolm Perry. I mean, you basically got 13 receivers on this team. Uh, there's, and you're, you're, you know, you're, even if you're going to draft one, I see them only drafting one now, so that is a change. But if you're only going to draft one of them, you're still going to have to get some of these receivers off of there. And um, we've seen the videos of, of Tua throwing with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, and, you know, both are... Both are really unsure as far as we you know go forward right now. They signed Matt Collins to uh, Matt Collins to a one year deal, so they extended him out uh, to stay on the team. But and I and I do like him. I just don't know who this team is going to cut. I see. I think I could see Alan Hearns for sure probably going. Um, if they were going to keep Alan Hearns, I would think that they would go ahead and just cut Matt Collins. I mean, there's just no point in keeping all of these kind of players and especially whenever some of them have, you know, similar skill sets. And if you can free up money or make room with one to keep the, the kind of uh, younger one in some cases, or just maybe slightly better 
uh, maybe stay more healthy. Those little differences like that. Uh, then, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the difference maker for me with Alan Hearns. I think that I still think that Albert Wilson is is in a lot of danger of getting cut. Um, I don't know though. It's, it's really hard to predict which ones they're going to hold hold on to. And they even brought in that, and I can't remember the uh, he played quarterback in college, and and now he's a receiver, and they signed him. Um, yeah, I, I think it was like Kai. Is that his name? Uh, something like that. But anyway, you'll know who I'm talking about. But they, that was kind of one of the the more kind of head-scratching ones as well. I'm sure that they expect him to help on maybe special teams. He could be that third quarterback on your list if need be. But it was it was certainly a signing that I just wasn't sure about uh, whenever you look at how many receivers this team has now. But uh, we'll just have to keep our eye on it and see if they're going to free up more money, try to do something else with that, or, or what. But um, I... I can't imagine them holding on to these receivers for too long. They're going to have to at least get rid of one or two um, in the near future, especially if you're trying to free up that cap room. But let's go ahead and move on from the receivers. Um, a lot of guys there, but honestly, other than the fact that we're going to have to see who they cut, there's not much else to talk about with them um, other than, than Will Fuller. Uh, but onto the running backs. So the Dolphins signed to Malcolm Brown, uh, formerly of the Rams. And he's a guy who's had success here and there. Um, he's, I, th- I believe he's dealt with injuries. Um, and he's, he's kind of been in and out of the lineup a lot behind different people. I know that they had, I'm trying to think, I know that they had Todd Gurley at one point there. Um, and, but yeah, he's always been kind of a rotational guy with them. Uh, he's, had, he's had some big explosive plays at different moments. And I think he's a pretty good guy to give you some consistency as a number two, I hope. And that's kind of my thinking. Because honestly, I don't think you'd bring someone like that in to be your full-time starter, unless they really believe in him. Um, and I don't necessarily... I mean, the fact that they signed him means that I, they're not going to sign like a big-name running back in free agency. You know, they obviously didn't land on Aaron Jones and, um, and some of the other guys that have kind of moved around, even Damian Williams uh, getting a spot over in Chicago, uh, I thought that Damien is somebody that the Dolphins might look to bring back for that kind of last little bit, um, although I still think that they would address the running back position in the draft if they got Damian Williams, but that was kind of what I was thinking, uh, and honestly kind of hoping for it. It would have been nice uh, to see him see him come back for the last part of his career. I was definitely upset whenever Damien left and knew he was gonna he was going to do some great things, but I, I, I like the signing, and I know a lot of people didn't. Um, but the reason I like the Malcolm Brown signing the most is because I, I this going back to my draft. I believe that that means the Dolphins are going to take Najee at eighteen. Um, a lot of people don't want to take Najee at eighteen. I, I, I've heard so so many. I've, I've heard way more negative things about taking him than than positive from a lot of the fans. Uh, but I mean, you, I I understand the fact that you've got Travis Etienne, you've got a. Uh, Oh, the North Carolina running back. And there's some good running backs in this draft that you can get in the third round, possibly. Um, or at least maybe later in the second round. But I don't think that any of them, skill level-wise, are going are, are anywhere close to what Najee Harris is right now. And so I think that it's the perfect move to get him at a spot where I think, honestly, skill-wise and, and what he can be at the position-wise, I think is appropriate. Um I mean, I know Josh Jacobs is, has had some struggles here with uh, with the Raiders, but, I mean, the Raiders haven't been a great team. And 
So I, I, if I had to think about taking somebody like Josh Jacobs in the first round, I would totally do it. I still think he's good. Uh, I think he's got some great years ahead, possibly. Uh, and he's he's shown some really good things. But I think, I've seen Najee Harris being more of the Saquon Barkley type, and I think I've said it before, but I think that he's going to be that type of running back. He's got the every down back skill set. Uh, and I, I think Malcolm Brown is the perfect one to bring in. Uh, if if Najee needs a little time to kind of rotate around and, and get into his own, you've got somebody who can kind of, you know, fill that spot like a Malcolm Brown. So uh, I, I like that. Again, I like the signing, and I think that it's um, indicative of what the Dolphins have really done this whole free agency, and that's bring people in to fill spots right now um, with the idea that you can possibly get stars at these positions in the draft, uh, which is what you really want, because you bring somebody in on a one, two-year deal, uh, you know, as patchwork, and they say, oh, well, they're just not spending a whole lot. They're not bringing in impact players. But the point is to bring in a player for one to two years that can fill a spot while you draft somebody who you're going to have for long-term uh, that's got the, you know, potential to not only start immediately or learn from the person you've got in that place long enough to become the star you want them to be. There's not much else to really talk about with the running backs. Um, I'd say Miles Gaskin will probably be staying, and I don't know about Savon Ahmed now. I think he's probably going to be a, uh, a casualty. The only reason I can see Savon Ahmed stink, sticking around uh, is if they didn't draft a running back and he's playing the third fiddle behind Gaskin and, and Malcolm Brown. Um, but I hope that I hope that that's not the case, which would mean he would leave. Um, he definitely showed some good things last year, but I've seen a lot of fans post some of the stuff, you know, to where oh we should keep him around. He showed things. They're wanting Gaskin and Ahmed to be the starters, um, and I mean Malcolm Brown would obviously fit in with that now. But uh, they they're really trying to ride the back of Gaskin and and, uh, and Ahmed, and I just I don't think that's the proper long term you know, kind of fixed to this. We've got undrafted free agent and a, and a seventh round pick. Um, they're certainly worth keeping around. I just don't see them having the potential that a, a number or a, a first round running back would possibly have. But those are, those are more of the uh, important ones there. We'll kind of just browse or uh, breeze through these next ones um, and not, not get too in depth on them. Um, you've got the cornerback that came over, for, uh, the cornerback that came over from the lions and uh, he was a good one to fill in there. He's going to rotate around with uh, Noah Igbenogany uh, for that for that backup cornerback slash uh, slot cornerback kind of role. And then Nick Needham, if they decide to keep him around, uh, I think they gave him a contract though for a year. But um, we'll have to we'll have to see what plays out with him because I I don't see them keeping too many cornerbacks. Um, but somebody else could be a casualty of that as well. But all that all that that really tells me is that going into the draft, I don't see them targeting a cornerback now. Uh, they could possibly later if they see somebody they like that they can get value out of. Um, but I, I think that they're pretty they're pretty locked up for the cornerback spot this year. And unless something fell into their lap, that's just I mean I don't think it's really necessary for them to um, to really think about trying to upgrade it using an early pick at this you know at this moment. Uh, the Dolphins got rid of Devon Godchow, and uh, he went to the Patriots, and the Patriots defensive tackle uh, Butler is going to be coming over to the Dolphins. I'm excited about this one, and I know a lot of people like Devon Godchow. I, I did too. I thought he's a really good player, but I think getting Butler is 
them showing that they want to upgrade on the the pass rush, and he's going to help with that. Um, he's not as probably not as good of a run stopper as Devon Godchild, but he's definitely better at rushing the passer, um, and you know he's proved it. So I think that that's a good one. He's going to be familiar with uh, with Brian Flores and his system already, so that's a big bonus. Uh, so I, I definitely like that one. A lot of people have have been kind of upset about what happened with Ted Karras and and Devon Godshaw and Kyle Van Noy all eventually going to the Patriots. Um, but I think that especially some of the comments that Kyle Van Noy made after he left, I'd say that um, I'm not too. I, I was more sad to see him go before that than I am now. Um, he definitely showed a little bit of some of that character that was kind of under the surface last year. Where you could you could just kind of tell um, what kind of personality he may have behind the scenes, and now it really just kind of showed. So um, I, I don't mind all the players that ended up over there. I think that we've upgraded uh, in a lot of ways to where um, even if we're losing players to New England, it's not going to be a big deal. And they're just basically spending all of, you know as much money as possible and bringing in all these players from all over the place. So there's no guarantee that. Um, any of the players may still be around. Uh, that a lot of them that they spend a lot of money on are going to be, but they're bringing in a lot of people right now to just kind of uh, make a mix-and-match sort of team. So really, I mean, it only makes sense that they would try to target those guys, especially a couple of them that have already been on uh, that team before. Uh, but really, I, I mean, moving on to the other positions, though. So we got Matt Sakura, and I hope I said that right. I think it's Matt Sakura the center from the Ravens, and I was really happy about this one because um, uh, we didn't land, was it was at Rodney Harrison, his name, the former uh, former center of the Raiders that was that was let go. Um, so we did, we weren't able to land him, and I was kind of curious. I'm like, well, we've got to get a center, but I, I don't know who they're going to go after, and um, especially after Ted Karras was gone. And But, yeah, whenever they brought him in, when they said that name, I was really excited. He's a really good player. Uh, a lot of a lot of people weren't as happy about that. I saw a lot of people saying we should have just kept Ted Karras, and now he's at New England. Um, but I, I really like this player. This is a player that's had a lot of success with Lamar Jackson. This, the, a lot of these pieces that we're bringing in have had success with with big name players, and they're really trying to surround Tua with that kind of thing. And um, he's been very good in the run uh, in in the run blocking uh, portion of his you know of his stats, but uh, pass blocking was pretty good as well. I know that they've had some struggles with Lamar, especially last this last year. But um, he's he's been a, a really good you know kind of rock on that offensive line, and I think he's going to be a good leader um, to replace Ted Karras coming from a team that's had a lot of success and someone who's had success with a uh, with a younger quarterback who's who's learning you know his way into the NFL. And so I'm not going to talk about every single player that the Dolphins signed, but I am going to group together um, in this last part. We'll just group together all of the linebacker signings. Uh, because as today, as of today, the Dolphins re-signed linebacker uh, Landon Roberts to the team to a one-year deal. And, I mean, after Kyle Van Noy left, they brought in two other ones. They brought in a linebacker from the, um, from the uh, oh, maybe it's three, because they brought in two from the Texans. And then one from the Eagles, I think, uh, to this point. But um, the trade for Bernardrick McKinney was really good. I think that was that was great. Uh, and so, I mean, these other ones coming in are just kind of going to kind of uh, fill the role of of Kyle Van Noy. 
And, you know, where the, the leadership's going to come in with uh, McKinney, you're going to get uh, these other guys that are, that are a lot of them are pretty good players. And they're going to be able to mix and match between what you need, whether it be pass coverage or uh, rushing the quarterback. But they brought in quite a few. They're, I feel like they're carrying a decent amount of linebackers right now, if I'm right uh, in in recalling how many they've brought in as of right now. But but they had, um, if they do have a lot like that, then there's a chance that somebody may get cut. I, um, I can't remember whether we've got rid of Sam McGuavin yet to this point, but uh, if not, I would see him being on the out now, uh, especially after showing a really strong start to his career with the Dolphins um, through like preseason and stuff. He showed some, like he, he could be a good linebacker, but then he struggled uh, most times when he's gotten chances to be on the field since then. So so he's probably going to be the, the casualty of, of, of all these linebackers that have come in. And um, I was pretty happy that we did this because I think there's good enough players to fill in there right now to where we don't have to go after a linebacker um, in the early part of the draft. And I, I really didn't want them to. There's a couple of really good linebackers in this draft that I wouldn't mind having, but I think um, the higher up ones uh, didn't fit the team scheme quite as much. And that, I mean, I don't know. Mark, Micah Parsons can pretty much fit anywhere. He's a great player. Um, I just think it's this is the type of draft where, you know, if you're going to take a shot on one of those kind of positions like that later, then that would be fine. Um, but you, it's very top-heavy in this draft, um, other than probably the tackle position. Um, so so some of the, you know, elite positions you really need to take high. And uh, so I don't, I don't see them wanting to address linebacker there. But I, that's, probably, that's probably how I see it going. I don't... Uh, you know, there's not really any other positions that I necessarily want to talk about. I was um, pretty surprised that Miami still hasn't addressed the uh, the rushing uh, rushing the quarterback or the edge edge setters, um, and you know, in this one so far, uh, I definitely thought that that was a position they might try to jump into. A lot of the guys went for pretty expensive, so that's probably why they haven't got a pass rusher. But um, it may be one that they probably target in the second round. Um, to really try to get somebody in there instead of taking one of these 30-plus-year-old guys that are left in free agency. And whenever you, you don't really want to spend that money anyway, um, especially now whenever you, you've already got quite a few players and you've spent a decent amount of money. And there's, quite, there's a decent amount of edge rushers in this draft too, so I, I think that you can get a pretty good one in the second round who may have a chance to uh, compete for a starting spot, really. But I was still surprised by that. I thought that they would target one of these one of these kind of veteran type of guys. Um, but they can, you know, like we've seen in the past, they can go very very expensive. And even to go back and um, reach out to any of the guys that are left, you're still going to be looking at t- you know ten plus million probably for uh, for one year. But another, another position that I'm pretty surprised that they didn't target is the safety position. Um, I, I thought either Bobby McCain or Eric Rowe would, would be a cap casualty at some point, and it's looking like I'm probably wrong about that. I think that they're probably going to be the guys. Um, I If they're not going to go after it, I can't believe I, I can't remember if uh, Malik Hooker had already been signed, but he was one that I really wanted them to go after. I knew Justin Simmons would, would be way too expensive, and, and he's got a deal that he's, he's definitely worth. 
But I, th- I thought Malik Hooker would be the next on the target in place of, uh, pre- you know, pretty much either one. But um, I think that uh, it's probably going to be one they're going to go after, I would think, in either the late second or early third round, possibly, if they don't choose to address it between now and the draft. So I, I think that that would be fine, especially if you're going to keep um, the both of the, both Eric Rowe and, and Bobby McCain around for another year. Uh, but the only the only other one to really talk about um, after all of that is is that um, you know having Jacoby Brissett now on the team, and I was I thought that was a pretty good signing. I think that he's kind of a great one to come in and um, has starting you know he has starts in his past uh, where he's had to step in and start and has at times been okay, so he's he's a good backup quarterback to have, in my opinion, and um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into whether I think it's an upgrade or not over Fitz and the situation, the kind of tension that would have inevitably been between them, uh, not in a personal sense, but in that going through this whole next year thinking that if, if two is not good, he's, he could possibly get pulled and then he'll be put back in. Because um, I don't think something like that's going to happen with Jacoby. Uh, Jacoby, it could be a deal to where if Tua is bad and, and doesn't play well, they put Jacoby Brissett in the game. You know, going forward, because uh, he's he's a guy who's come from New England and has uh, history with Brian Flores as well. So I think that that he knows that he'll be uh, kind of in that backup role. And and uh, it seemed like in his interview that he looked forward to kind of stepping into that veteran tutoring kind of role as well. Uh, they kind of hinted to it, and, and he seemed to have a pretty good response to it, so I, I don't think there's going to be any issues going going into this year as far as the quarterback position is concerned. There's been a lot of talk here lately that the Dolphins may look to, to take Justin Fields at three, and um, I know Colin Coward has been, uh, well, I guess he's become a coward lately <laughs> because he was he was banging the drum for Tua like the rest of us. Uh, that really wanted him, and then he talked up great things. He he said a lot of the things that we all have said, at least those that have, have seen the good mixed in with the bad. Um, but he, yeah, he started off you know very positively with all of that, and then it quickly changed to um, not only turning on him, but now he's thinking that that they just need to move on and either replace him, basically. Um, so it's been quite the flip to see from him. Uh, but honestly, I mean, without getting into it too much between the differences and the reasons and this and that, we'll just say that I I really don't want the Dolphins to target a quarterback, at least not um, at least not at the beginning of the draft. There's just too much capital to be had to not trade out of that spot um, for a team that really wants to move up for him. I mean, this is the, when you're in the position to do that and build up more than if if things don't go the way that you planned, at least you have those more picks to try to either move around and get a quarterback that's a veteran or if there's another good one in a draft. Um, so I think that it's it's more than worth it for the Dolphins at this point to to just move on with Tua at least for one more year. Um, and honestly, he's, he's looking like he's making all the strides to get better. He's finally having an offseason where uh, he actually gets to learn everything through the NFL, basically. He spent the whole last time recovering from his hip injury just to get to the point to where he could play football again. And he had just got to that point. Um, I mean, and there's, yeah, no, he wasn't even able to do near as much during the offseason last year uh, to prepare himself. And so you could tell that it, he, didn't have, he didn't quite have the strength on the ball. A lot of people talked about that during the year, and they were right. But he still had the accuracy. 
he was lacking a lot of that power. And so you're seeing a lot of the pictures with him bulking up, working out a lot right now. He's going to get to the point physically where we need him to be to be that NFL quarterback, finally. So, I mean, it's, this is really going to be it for him. So I think that, that he's he looks like he's putting in all the effort to be, uh, to really step up and and be that number five overall pick potential kind of guy. But I'm rooting for him to do it. This is this is really it. So I mean, I've got no issues giving him another year. I still I still think he could be great. So this is going to be the one that makes me a a, a true believer or a liar. <laughs> so so I'll be watching really closely on that. But I don't really have much else to say about uh, what's gone on so far. I've been really happy with it. I think they've spread it around very well, as as I talked about in the beginning. And it, I think it's affected their draft in a lot of ways, but um, in a lot of ways it really hasn't as well. It's dropped a couple positions off, but uh, that that I think they'll target or or target early, um, and really kind of opened up the potential for the Dolphins to get some good tackles out of this draft. I see them taking at least either a center or or an offensive line piece in general. I see them taking two, uh, either either a tackle and a center kind of, um, you know, multi-position player like Creed Humphrey can be. Uh, I see I see them being able to go after those spots now, and I think they're going to be a, a, a really high priority for this team. Just trying to fill these spots on the offensive line, whether it be a, 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 you know, a potential starter or somebody who's going to just step in if there's injuries or maybe he's better at a, at a different skill. Um, but fill fill that kind of you know the swing tackle the the back uh, the backup offensive lineman which can be huge um, as you're going throughout a year especially with them adding in, uh, another game um, for this for this year so that's going to make all the difference to have the proper depth so I love it so far um, we're getting kind of close to the end so I mean in, in in a way only because the Miami Dolphins even if they clear up some space they won't have a ton of money so we're getting kind of essentially near the end of Probably all the signings that we're going to see by this team, uh, unless they're able to make something like a trade happen, but we'll just kind of keep an eye on that. Um, so it's it's good to see kind of what's taking place. If any other big news comes out, I will maybe let it build up if it comes in waves and, and get on and make another episode about it. But otherwise, I'll do my best to make it weekly and, and hopefully have enough to bring to you to, to make it a full episode. Um, before I go, feel free to visit the Facebook page. Uh, it's New Beginnings Podcast. It's going to be a fan page on uh, on Facebook. So feel free to join in with that. You can send me messages on there. Um, ask any questions, suggestions, anything like that. Uh, and and I I try to post I post all of the episodes on there right after I get done. Um, the links to them. And try to put some stuff every once in a while. I'll put a piece of news on there. I don't, I don't have the time to stay up on all of the news and, and send every single one of them. But I, I try to send some of them and, and comment on them every once in a while as well. But if I have more people in that wanted to share stuff to the page, you know, you get enough people join in. They're, they're able to share all the news as it breaks to the page. It, it'll just be kind of a fan-run site where they share the news with each other back and forth. Uh, talk about the team. And so I look forward to see some people on there. Um, I, like I said before, try to come back to you next week with another episode, but most likely this will be the last part of the off season, uh, podcast episode that I will be doing. Uh, any news going forward will just be, just be something dedicated to that instead of, instead of calling it the off season. Cause it, 
I, I don't think there will be too much more to talk about, honestly. But with all that said, like I said, go to the Facebook page. Join me back next week. And my, as always, my name is Tyler Moss, and this is the New Beginnings Podcast. We'll see you next time. Fins up.